Good morning, Jerry. Paul Bowser. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, buddy. I think we nailed it on the first try. Yes. We are consistent. I might have I might have figured out a trick I'll tell you about it later. All right. Super. <laughs> so in the uh, in the twenty seven seconds twenty seven seconds that you had to prepare for this conversation. <laughs> Let's do a deep dive on the topic of consistency. Well, I was hoping to bring some consistency to our ability to get the technology to work, and we got to start anyway. Nice. Yes, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. This is a good word. This is a good word and a good topic. Consistency yeah. following the same pattern. So I'll, I'll just start with a question. Um, what areas... Um, what areas, what areas in your leadership or in your business um, that you that you are consistent? Hmm. Uh, good question. Because in typical fashion, for me, I usually am focusing on the things that need improvement versus celebrating the ones that work. Hmm. Um. So that's a good question. Um, I think I'm. Um, Probably a lot of little things. Nothing big comes to mind. I, I, I um, so I've been told by coworkers and peers that I have a very consistent uh, and even keeled approach to things. Unflappable is a word that I've heard. Okay. So I have a very, fairly consistent approach to things. I don't get too tremendously overexcited and I don't really ever get too tremendously upset and down. So where does that, um, would you say that you have become unconsciously competent at that? At the, at the risk of sounding um, like I'm bragging. Yes, I would say I have, and I'm not sure where it comes from. I don't, I think it's something my dad epitomized when I was younger and, yeah. So I kind of followed that lead, just believing that it's my, you know, when you're a little boy, your dad does it, mm -hmm. it must be right. Uh, and I also noticed the, um, its effect on people around me. Mm -hmm. So I, I've always, as a husband and father, I've always taken it to be one of my um, roles to keep, protect, maybe protect or keep uh, my family from Mm -hmm. feeling the anxiety and scariness of difficult situations. And so mm -hmm. I've always found that if I stay calm and collected, then they tend to worry less. That's probably true sure. in business as well. Yeah. So mm -hmm. using consistency as an overarching um, word and topic for today, in, in general, what do you think deters people from being consistent? So if well, you I think, think about... Well, I think as human beings, it would probably depend on, how, on on specifically what you're talking about. So I think in, as human beings, we're very habitual, which is also another way of thinking about consistency. So if we, you know, we always think about in time management, we talk about having a good morning routine. Well, everyone mm -hmm. has a morning routine, whether or not it's productive or not is another story. But mm -hmm. so I think as human beings, we're very consistent in, that's, in the sense that we have um, rituals or or habits tend to run our days. Mm -hmm. I think people, people in generally in them as individuals tend to be pretty consistent. I think um, from a business perspective, it seems to me that consistency is um, 
where people are typically striving is can we deliver the same product or service? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the old FedEx commercial on time every time? Mm-hmm. So I, and I've heard you say this before that one of the roles of a coach is to be a disruptor. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so you're, you're, you're working with uh, other leaders and you know that they're habitual Mm-hmm. And you know that they need to be consistent in some other areas that they're they're not. So, um, so we talk about what deters them from being consistent. And you would say, well, one of the things that deters them, which is really fascinating for me, one of the things that deters you from being consistent is you're already consistent with other things in your life. Yeah. So the the interesting thing is when you if you back it up to the level that you're looking at it, which is kind of fascinating. They are consistent. They just are getting consistently inconsistent results. <laughs> how's, that, how's that for a play on words? Sounds like we're in a political debate now. The, the, uh, so, yeah, exactly. The interesting thing is that their habits are creating the inconsistent results they're getting in their business uh, or relationships. Well, and you so, said, yeah, as, as you're saying inconsistent, they could be actually very consistent results that they're dissatisfied with. Correct. Right. Yeah, so that's correct. That's a better way to state it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so then you as a coach or a leader, you're coming in and you're trying to disrupt um, some current habits in exchange for, and I'm just using habits because that's the word I wrote down, um, for some other habits that, mm-hmm. that, that you're, you're trying to, that, to get them to be consistent at these new habits because these new habits might produce better results, better outcomes. That's correct. Yes, because their habits are, you're right about they're getting consistent results now that are just ones they're not happy with. So to get different results, we have to do something different. And Mm -hmm. that usually requires changing some habits that we're doing that are getting the current results so that we can actually get better. Yeah. A A word you use a lot, intentional. So yeah. a lot of people, a lot of people come to coaching and they go, I need systems in my business. And um, our reply as coaches is you have systems in your business. They just sort of grew organically out of somewhere and you're doing the same things over and over. They're just not intentional. And so you're not getting yeah. intentional results from them. Mm-hmm. And, and that you, you think of the, all these terms, like if you've always done, if you always do what you've always done, you always get what you always got. You know, all those all those sayings that um, you are consistent and you're you you are consistent in certain areas that are getting results that um, are undesirable. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're disrupting that in, in your, you know, and I'm going to ask the question. um <sighs> which isn't maybe an obvious answer, but then what encourages consistency? Like assuming that, um, assuming that the outcome isn't uh, what you want, then what encourages somebody to um, be willing to allow you to disrupt them and develop consistencies in areas where they're not? That's a great question. And and you can break that down to a very individual and specific item. But broadly speaking, 
it goes back to a thing that we've talked about many times, and that is the pain of change has to be less than the pain of staying the same. And then, and then we as humans are usually ready to get off that nail and move mm -hmm. on to something else. Mm -hmm. If we can see that the pain of staying the same appears less than changing, then there's no motivation for change. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, and as you said that, I'm thinking, I think, I think we as leaders undersell the amount of pain that is required for change. I think, I, I think it comes off my lips very easily, you know, that, mm -hmm. that, that it's going to be painful to change, you know, right. To learn some consistencies in other areas. And yet if I, if I, if I unpack that all the way back to any specific um, area, like um, profitability or company culture or relationship with your spouse or your kids, mm -hmm. the, the amount of discomfort that one must endure to develop consistencies that are producing better results is, I mean, it, it is, it is not easy. I think it that's re true. really I hard. Think, yeah, I think that's true. I think a bigger issue though, is that we humans and, and business leaders, family leaders, whatever, but let's say leaders in, in business, we also have learned to metabolize the pain that we know. What does and, that mean? Well, we've learned to sort of take it in stride and either through unconscious denial or conscious denial or rational, rationalizing uh, our pain, we've made ourselves believe that it's not as bad as it really is. And that's because, again, the fear of change, the, the, what's that other saying? We're just using all the stereo, the, uh, we're just using all of the, um, uh, Words not coming to me. The 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 old uh, saying that um, the devil I know is better than the devil I don't know. For sure, yeah. And so we're we'll justify or rationalize that the current pain isn't really. It's not that bad, Jerry. It's not that bad here. You know, we do okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's a really good excuse to a not face that issue, and b not take on the challenge of because the pain you're talking about of change. We magnify that four to five to six times bigger than it really is because it's an unknown. Yeah, that's good. So isn't it, isn't it ironic going back to the idea of consistency that the way to bring, to get consistent results that we want is to disrupt our current consistency? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. So, you know, you know, laying on the couch from seven to nine or whatever, eight to eight to 11, watching TV, eating snacks, um, as opposed to disrupting that and going to the gym for that time, right? Is a, that's a pretty simple trade this for trade that type mm -hmm. example that I'm consistently, consistently on the couch, mm -hmm. snacking, snacking. And so if I, I, I need to dis displace that, with going to the gym and you use that same type of example, you know, because one of the defaults is everybody's overwhelmed, right? Everybody's already busy. 
So when you as a you as a coach or a leader say to them, well, you you know, you should you you might consider doing this instead of doing this. You're you're not necessarily saying do this and this. Right. You're you're saying do this instead of this. Yes, you're right. You know, that's the two most powerful words in time management are yes and no. If you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to another. If you say no to one thing, it gives you the opportunity to say yes to another. Yeah, that's good. Consistency is like closed loops, though, to the human psyche. We like closed loops. We like to, to feel sameness because it brings safety. And so having a consistent and routine day uh, makes all of us feel a little more warm and fuzzy. And so mm-hmm. shaking, shaking that up uh, is hard, even though shaking that up is what will bring the consistency that we want. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I just made a note also that, um, you know, to ask the question that you and I could uh, banter back and forth a little bit is what areas, what areas in your leadership are you currently inconsistent that really needs to be consistent mm-hmm. what are what are areas what are areas in your leadership that you're currently inconsistent um, and you and your organization really could benefit from consistency so I'll give you a moment to, to think about that as I am a couple minutes ahead of ahead of you and pondering this is that you know, one of the things that comes to mind um, from a leadership standpoint is that, um, which you've hit on before, leadership, uh, for you to actually lead and influence somebody, inspire, you know, for you to be able to inspire and influence others, and I'm thinking about internal customers right now, our staff, um, is that I am inconsistently um, intentionally leading them. And one of the things that would really benefit our company is that if I would be more, if I was willing to be more consistent with um, leading and influencing our staff. Um, so that, that's, that's an area that I'm currently inconsistent that our organization really would benefit from being consistent. Mm-hmm. And that's so, good. yeah. Go ahead. Well, I'd say connected to that to answer your question then from my side of it, I think probably is a similar thing. I, I was thinking I, one of the things I um, encourage my coach clients to do once we've written a good, clear vision for their business is to be a vision evangelist. As I put it, they need mm-hmm. to be evangelizing the vision to their teams all the time. So the team understands what the why is mm-hmm. for the organization. And as I think about it, that's, uh, a little convicting as we talk about consistently i don't think i don't think i consistently um, engage my team enough to keep them on the same page as to why we're doing what we're doing what we're building together they tend to not they probably don't see it as clearly as they should because i don't consistently engage them in it mm-hmm. and so for for you and i what are what are some of the keys to being consistent? Uh, so in that regard, then I, you know, one of our favorite words, intentional, I think for me, it's 
realizing something like that, then it's about coming up with an intentional plan to do it. So do you put something in your calendar? Do you put something on your task list? Do you put an Asana task to remind you? Do, you know, do you intentionally schedule a time frame to have lunch with team members or visit job sites or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever that mm-hmm. is? Uh, that's how you make the rubber meet the road, so to speak. I mean, there are mm-hmm. lots of great plans out there and ideas. I've never met a business owner who lacked ideas. Um, mm-hmm. What you meet is a lot of them that lack an action plan to actually implement those ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because as you as you work through the trades, there's lightning, you know, there's certain topics and today being a voting day, there's certain topics, whether it's politically or is uh, in, in relation to uh, the trade, like for us, the residential trades. And that when you say, when you bring this topic up, it's a, just a lightning rod of activity. And one of those areas is the labor shortage. Mm-hmm. And my growing belief around labor shortage is that the leaders in the residential trades, I'll just speak for myself because I've been a part of the residential trades for 12 years, is I have inconsistently, I have inconsistently um, recruited and cast vision to young people to come into the trades. I have my inconsistency of uh, recruiting and, and leading, influencing young people into the trades has resulted in a, uh, a labor shortage for, uh, our com- for my company. Mm-hmm. So if I've inconsistently done that, so to your point, I need to replace a habit, something that I'm doing, because I find a way to occupy all 24 hours a day, right? With different <laughs> things. Mm-hmm. And so, so now I need to, I, I've got to disrupt that. And I've got to choose how many of the 24 hours that I have in a day to go address my personal uh, labor issue consistently. And so it's really, it's really interesting that, um, it's really interesting that uh, how inconsistent I am in certain areas. And to your point um, is underestimating the pain, uh, the discomfort of uh, developing consistency in certain areas that I don't have uh, competency in. Well, right. Exactly. I mean, you, you walked all the way into it and that is that um, a lot of inconsistency comes from, we have a great idea as soon as we bump up against the fact that we don't really know for sure how to do that thing, then we move on to something that we're, we're more competent, competent mm-hmm. at because we like mm-hmm. doing things we're competent at. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's why people tend to sit down at their desk and take on the first five easiest tasks on their list mm-hmm. because it makes us feel good to start checking things off the list. And so we pick the low hanging fruit that we're really good at or something that's really simple. Mm-hmm. And then the, the important work, which is very often the more difficult work sits there unfinished because we backed away from the difficult stuff. Sure. And so most mm-hmm. of the context of this, this 20 minute conversation thus far 
has been using the word consistency and positive light. You know, that if, if, if I want to make these improvements, I need to be more consistent in this area. Um, turning that on its head, what are some areas that you're consistent that you and your organization and your relationships would really benefit if you were, if you were a little bit inconsistent? um gosh that's a good question i'm not i'm not sure uh how i hold a fairly rigid schedule and sometimes i think that gets in the way of being able to um pivot to take advantage of uh, opportunities Mm -hmm. whatever that you know whether it be an opportunity to have a coffee with a friend or um something else that's a really wow. good, that's a really mm-hmm. good, that's a good one for some, for if you're very consistent with your schedule and you don't have, you really don't have uh, capacity to have a moment of empathy for somebody because you don't have it in your schedule, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes, 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 uh, sometimes the ability to have empathy is contingent upon having some gaps in your schedule. Like if you're, if you're if you're going from point A to point B um, at a high rate of speed, then you don't have capacity to notice those that you're passing by that might benefit from a word of encouragement or just a moment of your time. Mm-hmm. That's a really great um, that's a really great example. Is that you can be so your schedule can be so consistent right so chock full that you don't have gap gaps capacity for life that is going on around us right space to see it yeah yeah space for creativity and space for people and empathy all those things are important yeah Mm -hmm. you have to have yeah the space yeah yeah, it's one of the things I learned while in Maine for a month, uh, because I was 1,500 miles from home, there was a certain percentage of things I couldn't do. And those things created space. I read more, you know, I wrote more, mm-hmm. I thought more. It was a fascinating mm-hmm. um, experience because of that. And something I've tried bringing back, and I think that's probably why it was top of mind when you asked the question. Mm-hmm. And, and, and with, uh, with, with your background and my background, with the old German influence of hard work and, <laughs> and no idle time, um, the, the, the internal guilt that you can feel by like sitting and relaxing from time to time, um, mm-hmm. you know, when you're, when you're conditioned to always be doing, um, it is uh, that that's definitely an area um, for me is to um, I, I asked. A, it's so interesting. I asked a coworker this morning. I said, um, can you tell when I'm stressed? And he said, I don't know what you look like unstressed. <laughs> <laughs> and so that would be an area um, that would be an area of challenge for me. Um, is to not, you know, everything's not, I'm not a hammer and everything's not a nail, right? (laughs) 
Well, I think there's also a habitual piece to this as well, Jerry, because we all get so used to being busy. I think this is, um, and it's partly, uh, it's partly the, we'll, we'll blame Apple for it. Everybody else does. It's partly the iPhone effect. And that is that um, throughout our days, and for business owners and managers, this isn't necessarily true, but it's probably mm-hmm. a piece of the puzzle. But you get so used to the stimulation of being busy doing stuff mm-hmm. that sometimes slowing down, and I know this is an experience that I have, slowing down and stopping and doing nothing when you're really not doing nothing, you're thinking. This is where creativity lies. Mm-hmm. Um, feels really odd. So it's interesting if you're ever at lunch or something with someone and they walk away from the table to go to the restroom or something, pay attention to the immediate urge you have to pull your phone out of your pocket and check your email or your text or just look at the sports scores, right? Yeah, yeah. Because because we're so accustomed to constant stimulation Mm -hmm. from the outside that when we don't have it, we feel really odd. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, just sitting quietly um, is a is an experience that we've become unaccustomed to. Not that there's mm-hmm. something wrong with us or that there's something wrong with our iPhones. It's just an experience we're unaccustomed to. So once we create the space, then we tend to just fill it up because it feels awkward. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I last night I have uh, Monday night. I'm consistent in not many things that are really good, but. One of the areas that one of the areas that I'm consistent that's good is I have date night with my daughter on Mondays, mm, and so, uh, thank you. And so um, after a date night, I was sitting outside and she was done. She had enough of me, and um, I was sitting by the uh, fire pit, and she stood up and took the plates and walked away, and um, I sat there and just stared at the fire and the contentment I felt with my feet up on the on the the stone and just the warmth of the fire and just staring into the fire just felt so comforting and rejuvenating. Mm -hmm. And and I was very comfortable sitting there, like just staring at the fire. Mm -hmm. So I, I would imagine that many people might be like me, that if I'm out in public and you go to the restroom, if nobody else is in the restaurant, and I'm just sitting there looking out the window at the beautiful blue sky and the leaves changing, I would be comfortable. But if somebody's looking at me, then sometimes the urge is to create the illusion that you're really important and you're busy. (laughs) (laughs) You can leave that open. Sorry. That um, you're really important and you're busy. And so um, you take out your phone to create the illusion that you're like this big, important business person. Does that make sense? So it's, it's not so much that I mind sitting there by myself, staring out the window. It's that I don't want other people in the room who I don't even know to think that I'm not uh, working. Right. It's ridiculous. Right. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, it's habitual. And that's, that's one of the things I just bring it up because it's one of the things that we battle and creating space in our lives for sure. um, creativity and empathy is that we just have become, I know I personally have kind of become uh, addicted to the busyness of doing stuff because I like sure. doing stuff. And, yeah, you know, that's my family even jokes with me that 
it, I, I have a quick charge battery because they're like the rest of us want, you know, a three day weekend to recharge and you do it by one o'clock in the afternoon, the first day, and you're ready to take on something else. Yeah. And well, I, it's and, just part of who I am. But Well, and part of it is because one of the elements to the consistency piece is that you are uh, steadfast with what you're doing and why you're doing it. So one of the, one of the things that happens to people that are on purpose is that they like they, they are it's it's almost like um it's almost like you're recharging while you're doing your purpose right so the mm-hmm. the 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 work the work that you are about is also recharging you and a lot of times people are doing work that um that drains them you know drains their energy and so mm-hmm. from a from from a consistency standpoint to be able to do activities um that actually recharge you while you're doing the work you know that's what i tell our i tell our staff i said you know everybody's living for the weekend everybody's excited you know that it's friday and, and i drive them crazy because i tell them the only day that's better than friday is monday and <laughs> and not that i don't i enjoy my weekends i i look forward to my saturday and sunday routines as well but one of the one of the benefits, one of the blessings, is that you know, people like you and I get to do work that actually recharges us while we're doing it, which is yeah. amazing. That's amazing, and it's so yes. it, it is a gift. And so you know, and and, and uh, as my mom taught me when I was a kid, when somebody gives you a gift, say thank you. So mm-hmm. you know, thank you for that gift. And for people, you know, quite candidly, that um, that don't have that gift. Uh, for them to keep looking, right? For them to consistently be looking for opportunities that they can um, that they can express or execute their why, their purpose, um, and then it never really feels like you're working a day in your life. Right. It takes courage to step into your what your heart tells you to do. Yeah, it's good stuff. All right, I've got a hop. That's a great talk. Likewise. Okay. Have a great day, Paul. You too. See you, Jerry. Thanks. Thanks, buddy. Bye-bye.